Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. So I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and as you may know, we're still in Ephesians, but we are getting to the good stuff, right? Chapter 2 is jam-packed with lots of rich theology, um, but not only that, uh, should this theology that we're studying, this understanding of who we are, who God is, who we are apart from God, who are we when we are considered to be in Christ, um, all of this is very, very important to know. And today we will be focusing only on one verse, one verse, and that is verse 19 of chapter 2 in Ephesians. Um, and last time, last time we talked about verses 17 and 18 and 17 and 18 talked about that the same message was preached by Christ uh, to both camps, right? We understood that the Jews were the ones that were given the covenants, the promise, um, the worship, all that, right, was given to them. The ability to come to God, right? So we understood that the high priest... Uh, was the only one that was able to enter the Holy of Holies. And not only that, um, it had to be just one man, one tribe, from one day of the year uh, to go into the presence of God, uh, to receive word from God, right? And we understand now that because of the veil that was torn from top to bottom, it was a symbol, it was a picture of what God did, right? Even though God did do that. But God also right, destroyed the hostility. He, he united us to himself. And now we are able to enter his kingdom. We are able to enter his presence without dying. Right? We have peace with God. That is the idea of having peace with him. And then we talked about verse 18. How it was very triune in the work of God. Because... Through Jesus, right, through him, we have access to the Father, and this access is uh, possible by the Holy Spirit, right? And we understand that the Father is the same Father of both Jews and Greeks, or Jews and Gentiles. Um, and in verse 19, it'll actually talk more on that, per se. It'll talk more on uh, us not being strangers and aliens, uh, so let's let's go ahead and read verse 19, but let's read from verse 11 all the way on to verse 22 in chapter 2 of Ephesians. 
Thus says the word of God. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then... You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on a foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot there, but this is why we are going to focus on verse 19 and just verse 19. So it'll give us room to breathe, but also give us more time to dive in into a smaller portion of the scripture after having read, right? Because we want to get this in context. We don't want to take anything out of context, especially if it's God's word. Uh, we do not want to twist God's word because then we are doing exactly what Satan did uh, in the Garden of Eden because he caused the woman to question God's word. Did God really say that you will surely die if you eat of the fruit of this tree? So she she double take she did a double take and she uh, questioned God's word uh, instead of holding fast to what God had said and God said it. So I'm a I'm a stick to it. Um, and I'm not going to let anything uh, change it or whatsoever. So whenever we read God's word, we do not want to twist it, but instead try to understand the context. Try to understand what God is telling us here. So let's look at verse 19 again more in depth. It says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Alright, so it says that, so then, so after he just mentioned what he mentioned before, right, that we were, uh, the Gentiles were cut off, right? Paul is writing to the saints, of course, to the believers, but these believers were uh, Gentiles. They were in the camp where uh, they were not given the ordinance of God. They were not given the covenants of promise that were not given, the worship, uh, none of that. They were alienated from all of that. So it says, so then, so after we said what we said, Paul said what he said, you Gentiles 
are no longer. So they were once strangers. They were once aliens. Or you could say sojourner, right? So they were sojourners um, to all of this. And Paul is saying, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. So this is kind of like a reminder to these believers that remember where you came from, but now know where you are now, right? So we have to be reminded of where we are now. Sometimes we, we can get down in, our, in the dumps thinking that God has turned his back on us. Lord, I, I sinned against you, but I feel like you've turned your back on me. No, uh, God is more willing to forgive you. This is what makes the cross much more powerful um, because it is powerful. We just can't see how powerful it is. Um, the cross, Jesus said on a cross, it is finished. And what that means is that sin has been put to death. Jesus drank the cup, right? The cup of wrath that was poured out on Christ that was supposed to pour out on us. And he finished it to the last drop. And whenever he said it is finished, it's as if Jesus showed the Father, look, look into this cup. I've drank it all. It's, it's gone. Um, and that's what Jesus did. Which is why now us, who were once tainted by sin, uh, dirty, uh, we sinned against the Lord, um, and we are more, uh, we are worthy. We deserve God's punishment, God's wrath, and instead we get peace because of Christ. So this makes Christ all the more powerful because He is powerful. So. It says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. So what does that mean? Strangers and aliens. All right. So in the dictionary, I looked up strangers, right? And it says a person who does not know or is not known, right? A person who does not know. So a person who does not know, what do they not know? Well, again, the household of God or the king, this kingdom, right? This um, family per se. Person does not, who does not know or is not known. So again, now the people from within do not know who this person is. And this reminds me of when Jesus says or tells us that there will be people uh, pleading with him, right? And calling him Lord, Lord. Haven't we done this in your name? Haven't we done that in your name? Haven't we casted out demons in your name? And then Jesus replies with, depart from me. I never knew you. Never knew you. He's basically saying, who are you? Right? So this is why it's very, very important that we get the gospel right and correct. The gospel is vitally important. Um... Because if we get the gospel wrong and we preach the wrong gospel to people and causing them to believe a false gospel, they're going to die in their sins. Uh, so we have to get this right. Because if you do preach the gospel correctly, then this will apply. Not only to the believers that Paul wrote it to, right? The Gentiles that Paul wrote it to, but also us. 
whenever we read this, we can put ourselves in that position and say that we were once strangers and aliens, but no longer are that, right? So this is why he says that you no longer are aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So now we get to that second part. And what is this second part? This the second part is that but again so there's the the contrast, right? Once you were strangers and aliens. Well, actually, let's talk about aliens as well. Right? So what is an alien? Right? An alien is a a foreigner, especially one who is not naturalized or is not a naturalized citizen of the country they are living in, right? So imagine you are living in a foreign country, but you are not naturalized there. That means that would make you an alien to that country. <clears throat> so these believe or these false converts who think they are part of the kingdom, they are actually just aliens thinking they are living in this place um, and are naturalized, right? So no longer strangers, right? And no longer aliens. And uh, there's people who will believe that they are no longer that, but are actually are that, that no one knows who this person is within this uh, group. And also, he does not know them. They do not know him. So, there's portions in Scripture where John writes, the Apostle John, and he talks about they went out from us, meaning they left from where we are, uh, just to prove that they were never really of us. Right? So, the apostates, you could say. Um, these apostates are apostate because they quote-unquote left the faith but they never had it in the first place and that's why Paul that's why John uh, says what he says whenever he says they went out from us just to show that they were never really of us so you are either in or you're out right you you're not in for a little bit and then you can get out right once you're in the family of Christ, you are locked in to this family of Christ, which is why once you are made a believer, once you're born again, all these benefits are credited to us, are given to us. And also, God does not disown us after he has adopted us into his family so this idea of adoption right not only are we fellow citizens so it says but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god right so it says that we are members of the household of god not only are we members but in first timothy three fifteen, this is what it says if i delay you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. So the household of God is the living church or the church of the living God, right? 
um, the reason why I say the living church is because we are part of the uh, this temple of God, this household of God, and this God is a is an is a God who is alive. He's a living God, right? All the other false gods are dead because they were never alive in the first place, right? That's why Elijah can do what he did. Uh, whenever we read the Old Testament, whenever he tested the gods of the uh, of the people there, and uh, he mocked them by saying, "Call out to your God." Maybe he is musing, right? Maybe he's in a bathroom. Maybe he is pooping. So he's mocking their false gods because he knows that their false gods don't exist. And here we are told that we are. Uh, the household of God, which is the church, it says, of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth, the one, this pillar who upholds the truth, right? So whenever we come together, we come together as the local church. And what do we do? We uphold God's truth, his word, and we proclaim it. We teach it. We, pro um, we sing it, right? The hymns the psalms and the spiritual songs all of this is to admonish one another what is admonishing one another well that is to teach one another right god's truth and how do we do that well we we can do that in many ways we can do that in song form which is why we write hymns why we sing spiritual songs these spiritual songs are songs that are directed to god speaking of god's truth in praise right so we are praising the lord through all of this it is worship but not only that is worship the preaching of god's word is also worship that is central right paul tells timothy to preach the word right he doesn't say set up some lights and have a light show to gather some people no he says preach the word and by preaching the word the sheep will hear the voice of god So yeah, so it tells us that we are to know how to act or behave in a household of God, um, which is the church of the living God. So no longer strangers, no longer aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So fellow citizens with the saints. So not only are we members of the household of God, but we are also fellow citizens. So, so let's follow that from uh, fellow citizens with the saints and follow that to members of the household of God. Because it's more intimate when you're a member of the household of God than you are a fellow citizen. Even though being a fellow citizen is, is a good thing. Right? So we are no longer strangers and aliens. Right? The believers are no longer strangers and aliens. It says, but you are fellow citizens. So fellow citizen, what makes a fellow citizen? Well, being naturalized in a country, right? So you become a citizen. But you can still be separated from families, right? You can be a citizen of this place, but not know who your neighbor is. Right? So the idea of being strangers and aliens or an alien is, is a foreigner, a stranger is one who does not know and also is not known.
but whenever we are fellow citizens, not only are we part of the same country, but we with the saints, so with the other believers, and it says, and members of the household of God. So not only are you fellow citizens are naturalized or brought into uh, the dwelling place of God, you're also members of the household of God. So that is much more intimate. So whenever we are in Christ, we are adopted into this family. And scripture even tells us that we should treat each other as family. So listen to this from what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1, 1 and 2. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. So here we are told how we are to act, how we are to minister to one another uh, in the church. So these are instructions for the church. And we are told that the older men are not to be rebuked, but we are to encourage them as we would a father. Do you encourage your father? You know, there, there's a lot put on uh, to the head of the household. And who is the head of your household? Well, that is your, your father if you have not left and united to your husband. Um, you are still under the uh, house of your father. Your father is the head. And there's a lot of weight to that. So an older man is not to be rebuked, but instead encouraged. And sometimes, yes, there, there, there will be those times where they will fail. Um, they will sin against you, against God. Um, and that's where the, uh, the instruction to not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. So the way we should, uh, the way we encourage our fathers whenever they are down, whenever, uh, they are upset, there's a lot of weight put on them. They feel burdensome or whatever the case may be. Uh, they are to be encouraged, um, Always remember the promises of God. But also here it says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers. Right? So, the younger men as brothers. Well, again, we have to understand how we are to treat our brother. Right? Do we uh, fight against them always and try to gain our ground, try to keep what is mine, mine, and what is yours, yours, and keep it that way, get out of my way. No, instead, we, we are to love each other, love one another. Older women as mothers. So we are not to rebuke them, but instead encourage them. So we're encouraging every single person in the household. In the, in the household, it says father, mother, brother, sister. And then it says in all purity, right? So in all purity, what is pure, what is good and right? That's how we're to treat our family members. 
But here, these are the instructions of the church. So this is how we are to treat one another. Why? Because we're all fellow citizens with each other. Not only that, we're all members of the same household. We are not separated in different rooms, per se. Uh, we are all members of that same household. There's not a second-class citizen or a third-class citizen. We're all first-class citizens in the household. Um, and that's how we should treat each other, to love one another. Right? So that's the idea of 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, is that we are to treat one another like family. So... So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Praise God uh, for this redemptive work that he has done, for making us uh, no longer strangers and aliens, but all made us citizens with the saints. And not only that, we are members of the same household. We are actually being built together. And Christ is that cornerstone, right? If you pull away that cornerstone, the whole structure will fall. We need that cornerstone. And Jesus is that foundation upon which we build ourselves upon. So, when I open up each episode, I open it up with God's word is truth and your questions matter. Well, there's a question I posted on Facebook and I try to see... Um, if people would respond and what they would say. This is the question, is being yourself sinful and why? So the connotation of being yourself, right? So when people say, just be yourself, right? And you'll be free. You'll feel good about yourself because you're just being yourself. Be you, right? That is the, the idea that is uh, given so the question is, is being yourself sinful and why? <clears throat> right, there's uh, people asking questions like, what, what do you mean by being yourself? Um, do you mean like your personality? Because if you, I guess, if you changed your personality, you're no longer you, you're somebody else, right? Um, but the idea of, is being yourself sinful and why? Um, it actually brings up another question, right? It would cause you to question back, well, it depends. Um, what do you mean um, is being yourself? And what I mean is there's it, it's a yes and no answer, and this is why. Because if you are born again, right? So if you're a born-again believer, being yourself is a good thing. Why? Because you're no longer who you once were. Your desires have changed. You're being made more and more into the image of Christ. Uh, you're repenting from your sins and there's more sins that are uh, being weaved out of your life and you're recognizing that this is sin and I should not do that anymore and I do not want to do that anymore. We detest sin. We hate it. <clears throat> but as an unbeliever, Yes, it is sinful to be yourself. Why? Well, unbelievers are not born again. They are born in sin. So if they are born in sin, being themselves is just being sinful. So this is why we have to recognize that our nature has changed. So as a believer, our nature has changed. 
We no longer desire to sin. The Spirit of God is sanctifying us and showing us and revealing us that we no longer want to do what God hates, right? So, unbelievers being themselves is being sinful. And as believers, the answer would be no, right? It is not sinful because we are being made into a new creation, or we are a new creation, it says. We are to put off the old self and put on the new, right? This is the new self. Now I can be me, right? Because I am placed in the right context. I'm no longer this guy who loves to sin. Now I'm this new guy who hates to sin, who hates sin. So is being yourself sinful as a believer? No. As an unbeliever? Yes. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. 